0: Hey guys, it's Jazz here with another episode of Daily Journey with Christ. Today we're going to dive into the book of Mark into chapters 4 and chapter 5. If you haven't been following along, we did uh, do Mark chapter 1 in our one video, and then I combined Mark chapter 2 and chapter 3 in my last video. I am reading from the NLT translation of of these chapters. So if you have an NLT version, I do recommend you following along with that. If you don't, you can just listen along or follow along with whatever translation you have. As usual, I will conclude this podcast off with a fact of the day that I learned. And today's fact is actually to do with watermelons and cucumbers and how they are actually related. Anyway, for now, let's dive into Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on a shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on the fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was thirty, sixty, and even a 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represented others who hear God's word, but are too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life the lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's words and produce a harvest of thirty, sixty, or even a 100 times as much as had been planted. Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought into light. Anyone who hears, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed and finally grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Mark chapter five. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the garrisons. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself into sharp sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man Then the evil spirit begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of the region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of a local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years from constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him, through the crowd, and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch this robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once what healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home, the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened, and then he told them to give her something to eat. And that is Mark chapter 4 and chapter (laughs) 5. I'm always just so amazed when I read uh, the Gospels, as I've heard these stories multiple times, but there's something every time I hear it that just gives this like empowerment to my soul and knowing what Jesus can actually do, um, healing wise to people as well. As usual, I said, I would conclude this, um, podcast off with another fact of the day. And the fact of the day, I'm actually going to read off of the notes I wrote because there's some words I don't fully under I didn't fully understand. So instead of messing it up, I'm just going to read it here. And it says, the elongated tough-skinned fruits of the family curcu- curcupitaceae, including watermelons, cucumbers, and gourds, are a type of berry. Which means that cucumbers are not a vegetable. Cucumbers are actually a fruit because they're a berry. And that's what's ironic is watermelons and cucumbers are both part of the same family when it comes to the f- fruit, I guess, uh, which is the Cucupitisis, which I can't really pronounce, and I apologize if any of you are plant experts and know exactly what I'm actually trying to say there, but all the moral of this fact I'm trying to get to is watermelons and cucumbers are actually berries. Um, So yeah, that's my fact of the day. Anyway, stay tuned to um, as we continue on our journey into Mark chapter six tomorrow. Have a good evening, everyone.